Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Indie Luchador interview podcast portion with Mr. Teddy Lee, the lead designer. Did I just fuck that up? No, no. no? Okay, good. Good, good. We're not going to stop recording then. Okay. <laughs> this is this is take 27, everybody. I want you to know this. Uh, but today we're joined by Teddy Lee, nonetheless. And he is the lead designer behind Rogue Legacy. If you haven't heard about it, you'll hear about it soon enough. I promise you. But welcome to the show, sir. Uh, hello. And also joining me, as he seems to join me a lot of times, Mr. Trevor Oz. That would be me. I'm here. No bitching about me calling you mister? No, you should call me mister. I am technically your boss if you want to get technical. Yeah, yeah technically. <laughs> Nonetheless, I really want to speak about Rogue Legacy. What is Rogue Legacy? Uh, so Rogue Legacy, I guess in like one sentence, is a genealogical rogue light. Uh, so every time, uh, it's rogue light in the sense that when you die, we're not stripping absolutely everything from you, right? Instead, you you come back with like the the gold you've looted from a castle, and you get to spend that gold to upgrade your character, so that the next time you play, you're you know you're a little stronger, so you have a, a bit of permanency. And it's a genealogical game because every time you die, uh, your children are the ones that's avenging you. It's not like just your character over again. And when they're born, they might have genetic traits such as like uh, gigantism, so they're really large, or or OCDs where they you know they just have to break stuff because you know you got that twerk in your brain. <laughs> and yeah, so that's that's kind of the game. So. It's, it's every single time you're playing, you're given these different traits and different classes, and the player has to accommodate it. And so, you know, it's, it's like it's different right from the start, as opposed to other games where you kind of like you play it and you become different as you progress. If that makes any sense, no. I explained it very poorly. You should do like take twenty-seven. No, no, no. That made complete <laughs> perfect sense. Actually, I think that's actually a better idea of what the game is than I could have explained. Thanks. Actually, I think we all know that's true because I already tried yeah, that once earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you mentioned OCD. I, I want I didn't want to start out with this one, but uh, nonetheless, you mentioned OCD and you said that it's because people have to break everything. Is it something where you can't leave that room without breaking shit? Because I break everything anyways. Oh, uh, it, it, um, yeah, I, I worded it proper yeah, poorly. It's uh, actually every time you break something, you get mana back. Uh, there's a typo in the demo where it says you get both HP and mana. It's just you, you get mana back, and we're like, uh, we were trying to use the proper terms for these genetic defects, right? Mm-hmm. Or I don't want to say defects, that's not really an appropriate word, but it's uh, we just kind of wanted to get the the word which we could sort of attach to what the effect would be on the game. It's not like exactly one to one, right? Like Alzheimer's, uh, you're not forgetting everything as you play, uh, but you just lose access to the map. Wait, are you is, telling us about a trait that isn't in the game? No, it's, oh, it's in the game, but it's so devastating. The odds, like, the odds for actually getting it is, like, 3%. Oh, God. Like, it's a really, really rare trait. So, I'm surprised you haven't seen it. No. No, yeah, I know why you're surprised, <laughs> because uh, to everybody that's listening, um, this game is not available to the public. It's a, It's only press. But Trevor is at level ten, and I've, <clears throat> I, I want to stress that this is a demo. <laughs> 
I'm at level 155. <laughs> I have put way too many hours into this just demo. Uh, but, yeah, I haven't run into it yet, which I guess I should be really thankful for, because, goddammit, I don't want Alzheimer's. In, well, in the game, yeah. in real life. <laughs> but, but there's other traits in there. Some of them... Uh, as we were talking about earlier before we started, uh, some of them don't do exactly what they're supposed to do yet. What yeah. Are there other traits that are going to be in the final version of the game that we aren't seeing yet? Uh, yeah, so there's, there's, already, there's already a few more that we've added. Uh, so there's like, um, I don't want to spoil everything, but uh, one of them is hemophilia, where when you cast spells, it takes away from your HP pool instead of your mana pool. And I think... Dextrocardia? I don't know if we put that in the demo. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, well, Dextrocardia is one where your HP pool and mana pool are actually swapped. Yeah. So okay. if you're like the mage who has, starts like a huge amount of uh, mana, you're now, you're now mage with like a huge amount of health, right? So yeah. those things kind of uh, tweak the way classes are played. I actually think both of those are in there, which is the oh, weird really? thing. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't I want don't to start up the game right now. Appeal, but uh, I could well, there are new ones. I just I I have no idea which ones we've added and which ones we haven't. I, I uh, want depression is in. I'm ninety percent sure that that's not in the demo. It's okay. I'm okay with being wrong. I've been wrong <laughs> okay. a million times. Um, I've got a trade idea for you. Ready for this? Sure. I want you. I'll, to... I'll get a pen ready. Okay. You start out crippled. You're... I know this sounds horrible, but you're in a wheelchair, and since you're a knight. Instead, you have a jousting stick. That sounds cheap. <laughs> that sounds very cheap to do. It doesn't have to be a long jousting stick. It can just be the same thing, basically, but you're in a wheelchair. It just seems really fun. That does sound like a good idea. And and he's actually like a little bit faster than the uh, Shinobi is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well... We'll see if you know that. Oh, that Honestly. <laughs> Sorry. Every trait we do, you see, we try to let minimize the art we're we're pretty mm. low budget right I try to keep everything really low but i like your idea of crippled people since since uh you are low budget <laughs> have you thought about kickstarter uh i mean when we originally made the game or we're working on the game we always wanted to do a kickstarter but kickstarter is only for america oh that's right yeah the equivalent is indiegogo we're like yep. oh well we're gonna work on this game for like six months or whatever. So we, be, we, we at least, you know, have something to show. And hopefully Kickstarter will open up to Canada. And then, you know, six months pass and like nothing. So, okay, we're going to keep working on it. One year passes and we check and there's no Kickstarter. I'm like, oh, well, the game's almost nearing finish. So we're just going to try and get a green lit. We're really bad at this stuff. As you tell, we kind of just wing everything that we do. It's noticeable, but at the same time, I don't know how much that's really going to hinder you in the end because I don't know if there's if there's enough press out there that that is playing this that knows about it. They're going to talk very very highly about it. Like I think that currently my m- most anticipated games of this year are Mugenics, Concerned Joe, and Rogue Legacy. And I don't know exactly what order those go in for me, but those are my three most anticipated. And I'm a huge Batman nerd, and there's a Batman game coming out this year, and that's not even most anticipated, even close to Rogue Legacy. So, oh wow, thanks. I'm I'm anticipating Batman, so I, I <laughs> at least someone is. 
I I love Batman. Like Batman's Batman. Batman's good times no matter what. But the problem is Rogue Legacy has heart. And Batman is being brought to us by people that have made some really fucking bad games in the past. Really? It's not Rocksteady anymore? Uh, Rocksteady's only overseeing at this time. This is actually the people behind the prototype games. The I fucking hate computers game. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not. Oh, I lost interest then. Yeah. I didn't it's it's a tragic tragic thing but but yeah. rogue legacy isn't being made by them so you guys have a better chance of doing something better oh thanks yeah if, if we beat batman we'll be pretty happy to me you already are thanks <laughs> they they haven't made that available to me so <laughs> then again <laughs> i don't cover triple a anymore oh uh, okay Actually, we'll get into this question pretty early right now. Uh, what are you playing currently, and what is your feelings on, or what are your feelings, if I'm going to use proper English, what are your feelings on the AAA scene right now? Uh, honestly? Okay, so I'm going to burn a bunch of bridges. Generally, I don't like any of the AAA games. Yes. Uh, one thing that uh, really upsets me and I, this is kind of a mixture of both the AAA industry and the uh, the big websites that cover the AAA industry, mm-hmm. is that people will complain when there's no filler, mm. which is the opposite of like every single other industry in the universe, right? Yeah. It's like uh, the Tomb Raider came out, and actually, I, I pretty I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. I, I beat it. The one thing that like drove me insane was every single zone had like 40 things you had to pick up and they weren't like gigantic, like, Oh, collect, you know, the hidden like tape deck that you get in, uh, in what they called in Tony Hawk. It was like, find the battery and find 40 batteries. And that just drives me insane that, you know, this, the game is so like so condensed, but then they add in all this stuff to stretch it out and it makes it a worse experience. So I think it was target. No, I, I definitely agree with you. Like when I, I definitely agree too. It just seems like they're just adding that stuff to, like you said, to to lengthen the game, but it doesn't really add anything to the game, like anything of value. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's well, maybe much... have fun. I don't I don't find it very fun. No, and and like I think that the uh, the thing that. I've been getting more and more turned off by AAA titles for a long time now. I mean, hence why I started up the Indie Luchador. Uh, I only want to cover Indies anymore because I still get a good feeling out of Indies. With AAA titles, um, I know everybody shits on EA, and then there's those people who are like, why is everybody got to shit on EA? But EA puts out Dead Space 3, and then like a month later, it's like, Oh, but you want the real ending? Pay us another ten dollars, even though this is supposed to be a premium title. It's like yeah. you want now you want seventy dollars out of me instead of the sixty, just so I can have the real ending to the game. It's like you don't see that. the The worst I've ever seen that with an indie game was DLC Quest, but that was supposed to be like that. Oh, I didn't even know there's an alternate ending to Dead Space Three. That makes me feel bad. Yeah, there's there's a if you pay ten dollars, you get the real epilogue. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Yeah, that's uh, that's the way the industry is gone when it comes to AAA titles. So that happened, and it's like there's already companies I don't like because they put out these games that 
they feel like they don't have to be done right on time. They're like, oh, well, we can we can just patch it later, whatever. And, right, and like then with, Aliens Colonel Marines? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that was a mess. And then yeah. there's indie games. I played games. that. It was terrible. <laughs> with indie games, you don't have that. Like, if there is some kind of mess, it's like, okay, well, we'll have a patch, you know, in a couple of hours if we can figure it out in time. But that's, like, only if they fucked up, but it's not because they were anticipating it not being done. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's actually one thing we're kind of scared of, because we don't actually know how to do this. So it's like, oh, we're going to, I'm, like, 90% sure there's going to be bugs in our game when it comes out. And it's like, oh, well, the only way for us to patch it is to, you know, make you re-download the entire game. And I don't know if that's what people want, but I don't know if we can do it any other way. Yeah, I think that, like... I I feel like you guys are how how inexperienced are you guys when it comes to making games because I almost feel like what you're saying is this is your first game and if it is holy shit this is fucking awesome. So uh so oddly enough we've actually had a, a lot of experience I guess mm-hmm. sort of so um so I used to work at a, a game company the first one I ever got into was like this company called Gans which made a bunch of uh, kids' toys called Webkins, which I don't know if you guys have ever heard of. Nope. Yeah, I, I used to sell them when I worked at FYE, so I know what they are. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, it's, it's a pretty cool idea and everything. And uh, so I started there with Flash games. And um, I like the experience there was okay. I wouldn't say it was like super useful. But I started working with my brother uh, just on the side. And we started making all these Flash games like Don't Shit Your Pants and I Have One Day in Villainous. Which was like, I guess they they will they did well in the Flash industry, but I find that the Flash industry and and even just the Flash industry to the indie people, like the people who play indie games, is already a huge divide. Even though you think there'd be like a lot of crossover. Yeah, I I look at it like that. I don't look at it as a huge divide at all. Which I guess, man, maybe I am looking at things a little bit wrong. I don't know. I think that Flash games fit right in. Yeah, and you, yeah, but it's just like. Almost everybody who's heard of us in the Flash games has never heard of us uh, on our, like, on this game, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's poorly explained. But yeah, so I went from there to Tecmo Koei Canada, which was a terrible experience. Yeah, I, I figured that um, should be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty, pretty awful. And then I went to Drinkbox Studios. Oh, fuck! Yeah, and so I was a designer there for Mutant Blob Attack and, and Guacamelee. I love you. And, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That actually, that ended pretty poorly. Aww. And that's, when I was there, I was actually working on this game. And so I left and then, you know, we just started working on this game on our own to try and get it out. That kinda... What was the original question? <laughs> I'm so bad at this, sorry. I have ADHD. I, uh, you, I can't, you can't ask me when I have ADHD what the original question was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Um, yeah, but with uh, Don't Shit Your Pants, I actually, for some reason, I forgot that you guys made that. That game seemed to blow up pretty big. It seems like a lot of people know what Don't Shit Your Pants is. Uh, did you get that vibe off of it, or do you feel like that was just something that you did nobody even knew about? Oh, uh, no, it definitely, it blew up. Like, it got a lot of hits, and it did really well. Um, the worst part about it was, we when we made that game, we didn't know anything. Like, we made it for fun, and uh, we didn't know that you could, like, sponsor it, where it's just a company puts a logo mm-hmm. 
like at the very beginning and it monetizes the game so we didn't make much money off of that game no, which kind of sucks but it, you know it was there for fun but it it was like a, a lost opportunity just because we're really really bad at this like we've made a million mistakes throughout the years we've been making games yeah, but the, these are the kinds of mistakes that it seems like you know that you're making and that allows you to actually learn from them. Like, if you think that you're making some kind of mistakes with Rogue Legacy, if you see those now, I think that there's a certain way that you can go about these things. Like, there's a company out there that seems like everybody knows about and they put out games like exactly what you're trying to do except for usually not as well thought out or at least what seems to be well thought out. Maybe I'm thinking that Rogue Legacy is way too well thought out, but I don't know. Uh, Adult Swim Games, they've been really into the idea of these types of games recently. They uh, had huge success with Super House of Dead Ninjas being a Flash game, and they were like, well, we're going to put out a retail version, and it's done pretty fucking well. And that was their first venture into a retail version of their games. I think that if you guys were to be like, hey, Adult Swim Games, fucking check out Rogue Legacy, I think that they'd be like, holy fuck, you guys are our new pet project. Maybe. We've never contacted anybody. As you can also tell, we didn't advertise this game until the 11th hour, too, right? So. Yeah, I don't even know how I figured out about your game. I don't remember at this point in time. I don't know, either. But I have I... no idea how anybody knows about this game. Oh, I'm, I'm so... I feel like it's a game that everybody needs to know about, and it's just like something that some of the bigger sites need to get their hands on. It seems like I agree. It seems like Joystick. Am I right with this one, Trevor? Joystick seems to be the one that's really picking up on these types of games. Yeah, Joystick definitely does a lot of indie game coverage, so I'm surprised they haven't seen this game because this game's <laughs> awesome. You know, yeah. I think that after this interview is over, I'm going to send this over to Joystick. That way, they can see it. I, I think that that'd be a really smart idea. Like yesterday, uh, they did an article on a game that I haven't heard of that we're going to be talking about next week. But just seeing something like that that nobody's heard of, I think that that can really help out. And I think that that's one of the things that really needs to happen with Rogue Legacy. It needs to get out there because while people are really excited for Chasm, Rogue Legacy, to me, like while Chasm is a slow-paced, older version of a Castlevania. I feel like Rogue Legacy is my favorite Castlevania, which is Aria of Sorrow. Just not only is it that good, it adds in all these traits, which add a new experience to it almost every single time you play. So I think that with Rogue Legacy, if it gets out there, this game could be a massive fucking hit. I'm, I, I can hope. I mean, we, we did the pre-orders and it's not going too well. So, you know, yeah, if you could get it on joystick, I'd be eternally grateful. <laughs> yeah, we need it. We need to figure something out about this because and, and it's like I'm not even a part of your company, but I want to help out because I want to see this succeed because this is fucking brilliant. Yeah, it's a great game. And, and one of the first comparisons that I even had to it was Dark Souls. And, <laughs> <laughs> and but I mean, if there's an audience for that, there'd especially be an audience for your game. And it's. It's weird because, like, I don't like Dark Souls. Like, I get why people like it, but it's not my thing. But, like, your game, like, I can sit there and play and play and play and keep dying and dying and dying because I'm terrible at it. And I still have fun. Oh. Thanks. Yeah. Sorry. 
No, 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 nothing to apologize for. This is your time to, you know, sell your game in any way that you want to sell it. I don't mean to talk over you. Just because I'm the host doesn't mean that I'm the one who should be talking. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, um, so actually what Trevor was talking about, Dark Souls was the uh, original inspiration for this game. I, I actually say it was Demon Souls, which was like the, the first one, right? While we were making this game, I think Dark Souls had come out during that period. But um, uh, we definitely like a, a huge portion of your, 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 your character dying and then you taking the goal back. Like that was a a mechanic that was uh, built around the the Demon Souls concept of losing all your souls and then picking it up, right? We just tweaked it a bit so that we could kind of condense, uh, remove all of the backtracking, and condense all of the the concept of of loss, but without permanency, into the beginning of the game. So that was like what? So like we definitely definitely owe a lot to Demon Souls. Like the the original game was called DS two D, right? Right, which was Demon Souls two D, which is just like a thing. It's I don't know. Like this, this just I like Demon Souls from the probably hour that I put into it, uh, because I never actually owned it. I actually played it at a friend's, but I like that a lot. But this is, as I said earlier, this is in my wheelhouse. This is the kind of game that I grew up on. These are. Uh, to sound like a, a teenage girl, this is my jam. I fucking <laughs> love this game. Like, this is the exact kind of style that I wanted, that I've been looking for, and it seems like the way that it is with indie games, it's just like any other kind of thing, where it goes in cycles. Uh, recently, there was the big roguelike craze, and then there's the micromanagement craze that was going on, and it seems like the new way that it's about to go is Metroidvania type of style with uh, with Chasm blowing up, with uh, Anne. Everybody's been looking at that, except for that's like 40 million different styles all at once. And with Rogue Legacy, which it's not as big of a name out there right now, I feel like Rogue Legacy's the one that I've seen out of all of these that actually caught my eye the first time I saw it. So I ended up contacting you and I was like, Hey, I I really want to try out your game. Is there any possible way that I can get a press copy of it? And the fact that you sent it to me right away and you're like, yeah, here it is. It's like, fuck. Yes. Our our, our super (laughs) high security press copy. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I, I understand why it's only available to press right now. It's, it makes complete sense to me because, you know, I doubt that uh, whether it's a large volume or a small volume of the amount of emails you would get from people, I understand because I still get weird emails from people who are like, I want this, I want that. And it's like, no. And then with Rogue Legacy, it's like, are people going to understand that this is an, a, a demo build and they're going to be like, I want another room. Add me this. Add a guy that's crippled and in a wheelchair. <laughs> You know, I don't think that you guys want that right now, and that's completely understandable, but I think that the way that you guys should really get this out there, and my opinion doesn't fucking matter, but nonetheless, I have to be opinionated, I, I think that you guys should put it on an Indiegogo or something like that, because one way or the other, that actually gives people a way to feel like they're investing in a product, whether it's it's not something they'll get back in return, but the thing is, knowing that they helped it out and knowing that they'll get that game when it comes out, I think that that's the biggest thing about it. Like, this game's going to have to go through Greenlight, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't want to, like, you know, jinx it, but we've been doing pretty good on Greenlight. I think the odds of us not getting Greenlight are really low. But, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> I, I think that, I don't know, it's one of those games that I don't, I don't mess around with Greenlight too much, and I know that I should be. Uh, but for some reason, I don't mess around with it too much because I know of somebody that put a game on there and she took it down because of death and rape threats. Uh, so I was like, okay, oh. fuck this community. But then I saw your game was on green light and I was like, okay, I'm going to go vote yes on this. I'm going to favorite it. I'm going to follow it. And then I'm going to share it with everybody and be like, hey, check this motherfucker out. Thank you. So, and, and I think that that's actually the first time I actually shared a game. Where I was like, you guys need to see this too. So to me, it's like, I have nothing to do with you guys personally. I have nothing to do with your company. Uh, I know nothing about you guys besides the fact that you guys made Don't Shit Your Pants in the past. But I want to see this succeed because I want to see other people take inspiration from this. Because this is something so brand new. And it's not just the traits. And it's not just the gameplay. It's... Everything as a combined package all together makes something incredibly special that has not been seen on this level before. And I think that you've taken what almost seems like a little bit of a Castlevania um, idea also, but you've actually surpassed it in multiple ways. That sound kiss assy to you? <laughs> yeah, it sounded pretty, pretty kick ass. Thank you, thank you. Sorry, I don't. We don't take compliments very well. We get all awkward. You, you it's awkward right now. You guys should be getting plenty of compliments on this because it's it, seriously, it's fucking crazy to me, and it's something that you guys definitely do need to get out there more. And it's like I hope this interview helps out because we have gotten some pretty fucking good traffic on a lot of the interviews done before. So hopefully, people will want to be like, "Well, who the fuck is this? Well, I want to check it out." I hope that that can happen. I hope that this can really bring something up for you guys. And I already have something else up my sleeve, a couple of things up my sleeve that I want to do to help out. I, I think that that's one of the things that the community lacks. Uh, how, I guess with that, it's like, how big is your community? And do they seem like they're actually diehards when it comes to what you've done in the past? So I don't know how to measure the community. Reward. I guess like... <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so I guess the, the only one we've been using like as a metric has been the followers on Twitter. Mm. I don't know if that's accurate at all. I'm assuming it's 100% inaccurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, but then that's like <laughs> 152. <laughs> oh, that's – you guys uh, – there's – what's that shit called that we use, Trevor? Actually, Trevor may have... Uh... Sorry. Oh, there, there he is. Okay. I said, what's the thing that you use to to check on our traffic? Uh, it's it's just built into Squarespace, so... Oh, okay. I, I, mean, I mean, I can check Google Analytics, right. um, which, which is free to sign up for. Uh, you just have to add code into your website, so that might be a good idea for you guys. Oh. Oh, our website sucks. Nobody goes to our website. <laughs> so, it's like, that's a problem. We, we, we keep redirecting people to to the uh the green light page ah. and, I don't know, you know people put in those oh like uh, follow us on twitter follow us on facebook uh we do and i don't know why well i know why because we feel super awkward doing it and even when we made twitter like we didn't respond to anybody for a few weeks because we didn't know how to use it 
That's how 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 old we are, I guess. <laughs> social yeah. But but I mean, social media definitely helps. I mean, if you, you guys got to talk to people on Twitter, like promote it as much as you can. Like I will definitely try to promote it as much as I can because I really enjoy the game. Thanks, thanks. Sorry, I'm being awkward again. No, no, no. Your your awkwardness is awkwardness a word. Your your awkwardness sure. is completely fine. I mean, uh, trust me, I've been awkward in interviews before. The first time I heard the term shit dick uh, completely blew my mind, so I didn't know where to go from there. Sounds like, I don't know, for some reason that sounds like something me to say. Maybe. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, never mind. Um, now, with your game, it seems like there are a bunch of different types of swords and armors that are going to be in there but it never really seems as if the uh the way the character looks changes when it comes to the sword i noticed maybe that the sword might have grown a little bit uh, is there any <sighs> sorry what oh visual change that... yeah is there any visual change in the future um Probably not. I know, like a lot of people would want that, but um, uh, the way the game was made, we don't, we can't support it. Mm. Like I know it sounds weird. Uh, uh, like if you played a game like uh, Castle Crashers, yeah, or yeah, is it Castle Crashers? Yeah, the one by Yeah, uh, they've got like seventy-two weapons, and they're all different, and it's like pretty amazing. But the one thing they do is uh, they they have it at a single frame. And they tween it, so it's like it's moving up and down. And when you swing, it becomes a blur. Yeah. So they can put in all these weapons, and people think it's different, but in reality, it's it's only like a single frame or two, which they're they're changing. But when you swing the sword, it's like it's like multiple actual different frames. So then, if we want to add different weapons, then the guy has to be redrawn with all of those different attack animations. Uh-huh. And like I said, we're like we're really low budget. You, there's a bunch of as you saw, like, palette swaps for different enemies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, unfortunately, we can't afford to add those kind of things. Maybe in a sequel, if we did really well. I'm, I'm hoping for it. You were, you were just speaking about animations. I'm about to share a really stupid story with you real quick. The other day, we had a wrapping paper tube. And I ran around in the same way that the character runs around, around my house. I just want you to know this. Oh, nice. The way that he <laughs> that runs sense. with kicking his legs into the air with a sword held straight up into the air. It just... You're wrapping uh, your house? It, well, no, no, no. I was running around the house with that wrapping paper thing in my hand. <laughs> just looking like a complete idiot. It was great. Right, well, were you slaying Batman Mr. Potato Heads? Is that what you were doing? That's... You know what? <laughs> Don't you back talk my Mr. Potato Head collection. <laughs> no it's like that animation to the character just the way that the the character runs it it adds to i think that that is actually one of the biggest things that adds to the game is just like the first time when you first start the game up and you've got the little normal single player thing where it seems like this game is going to be completely linear and then after you die in it it ends up opening up but the first time that you see that animation it almost reminds me of uh arthur from ghouls and ghosts just the way that he moves around and everything here your character ends up kicking his legs into the air 
when he's like running or walking and he holds his sword straight up into the sky. It has got to be one of the funniest and quirkiest animations I have ever seen. And I thought that instantly that was something that really added to the game. It wasn't the mechanics that you first noticed or anything like that. It was the way that your character moves. And I think that that's an art form that was, that has been lost over time. A lot of people are like, well, I hate animation, but when you see something like this, I think that that's one of the things that really adds to it. Is this something that was purposely done, or was this just the animation that you chose out? Uh, so it was quasi-purposely done. Um, first off, I want to say that like everything in the game was drawn by our artist, uh, Glauber Kotaki. Mm-hmm. And like I just want to say his name because he's been like absolutely amazing in this game. I've, I've never worked with a better artist in my life. And... Uh, his uh, and he he definitely veers towards this like cartoonish style, which like I, like we're a huge fan of, right? That's why we originally contacted him. Yeah. And um, I think we had this like a uh, we had this a uh, small Imgur album, which showed kind of the history of the game, or at least the art style, and specifically for the character. Originally, Glauber had drawn him uh, really skinny, and then you know we just kept asking him to bulk him up, bulk him up, bulk him up because. We did want to kind of go for this uh, quasi-cartoonish style, mm-hmm. but like just saying, "Oh, we want a quasi-cartoonish" is like, like completely disrespectful to Glower because he's in the end he's the guy who made that character the way he is, and so yeah, so more or less I'm saying Glower did it, and he he just knocked it out of the park for sure. I, it it it, uh, it correct me if I'm wrong here, and maybe uh, I don't know if you guys really have Nickelodeon in Canada, but it really reminds me of a '90s Nickelodeon cartoon. Mm, you'd have to ask Glover that. <laughs> I have no idea. Like when it comes to to this art stuff, we usually like if somebody's really good at what they do, we just kind of let them go with it, and you know whatever they do. I can't blame you. He fucking killed it. it. It's it's beautiful. Like even the way that the dungeons are set up, and and just like the the simple brick walls and everything, it just looks great. I even like the bookcases look like the bookcases out of Castlevania. Uh, it just there's so many different things that he adds to the game. There's the style of every single one of the enemies, even though even though the enemies are limited with how many there are. In this demo, there's you don't get tired of it. Like that was one of the things I was worried about. Um, probably in like my tenth hour. <laughs> oh right. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna end up getting tired of just looking at the same shit over and over again. And I still have not gotten tired of it. Every time I'm just like, I love this. I, I really fucking love this way that it looks. It's like you feel like you're a part of that world. I don't know. It, so. Tell him that I said thank you. I mean, it's it's fucking amazing. I'll, I'll make sure, too. Uh, and about the enemy thing you're talking about. So, yeah, I think the demo only has 15 enemies uh, in it. Yeah, but probably. The, the, the current version we have, I think we're up to that around 55. So we're, we're, like, we're still trying to... You're, there's still a, a lot of content that's not in the demo. Like, I don't want people to freak out and go, oh, there's only 10 enemies in the whole game. Oh, no. But, uh, yeah, yeah. There's definitely more. You might even die with your level 155 character. I don't know. Probably not, though. I like that idea. I like the idea of dying during it. Please make me die. (laughs) (laughs) 
Now, Trevor, is there anything that you wanted to ask? Because I know that you're in love with this game also. Uh... <laughs> Put him right on the spot. <laughs> I know, right? Um, there's we we covered pretty much all the stuff that I wanted to talk about. I mean, you did a good job of covering that. So, um, but I, yeah, I I really I just I just enjoy the game a lot. I really hope it's successful. Well, I'm not done with you yet, Teddy. You are all mine still. <laughs> okay. Oh, thanks, Trevor. Let's hope that we can no get in, let's get into some even harder questions. When you look back on this game in the future, are you going to see this as a personal success to you? Because it seems like, as you've said, you guys have put a lot of work into it. You personally have just joined about three months ago, as you said. Is this something that you're going to look back and feel satisfied with personally? Um, I think so. I mean... Of all the games that I've made, all the the games that I like the most are the ones I've made with my brother. So, like DSYP or, or I mean, don't shoot your band, Sorry, that's what we call it. No, that's fine. Uh, is like it's a it's a small game, but like we really really liked it. Uh, me for more technical reasons. Like I know there's a when it comes to design, there's like three different way people make games, I guess, or three different fields that people kind of geared towards right so you've got the the artistic people uh like the journey team right oh shoot sorry one second oh you're fine i'll be right back in like two seconds uh well this is my opinion only but um like you know you have the artistic team like the journey people who make their you know who are really arts or art oriented and then you have like bioshock infinite people who are really story driven and but i'm more like i'm more about the mechanics so like even though when you think about DSYP, you don't really think it's it's very mechanically driven, no. right? No. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I know it's, it's, it's like a stupid text adventure game. But we put a lot of effort put into that game on the mechanic side to get it the way it is, and that just sounds so stupid. Yeah, that but, does sound really crazy to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's a but it's it's like um like the thing about DSYP, which um like people liked it a lot because of the jokes and. I guess the charm that we tried to, to to cram into it as much as possible. But the the thing about it is that uh, tried to make a game where the user it was a text adventure, right? Like you know, mm-hmm. uh, Hugo House of Horrors and whatever. But we gave almost no visual cues and we gave no text descriptions, right? Yeah. So people we were we were like we tried to make a game where people could type whatever they wanted and the game would react appropriately. So that's why the game is so minimalistic, and that's that's why we implemented like the achievement system, which was this. Because I don't like achievements in games usually, yeah. So we put that in there because we wanted to uh, subtly drive uh, what people were thinking, right? So like if you read an achievement, which was like, uh, like don't poop on the floor or whatever. I forget <laughs> what the, the objectives were, right? But then people are gonna go, okay, I'm gonna shoot on the floor, and then you know all that stuff happens. So yeah. <laughs> I'm, when it comes to stuff like that, I'm, a, I'm a, kind of a, a nerd, and I overthink things. <laughs> that that game seemed like there was a lot of thought put into it. I know that sounds so weird about a game <laughs> that you don't shit your pants, but yeah, I, I remember playing Don't Shit Your Pants, and I was like, what the fuck are these people doing? Like, is this even real? And then, like, trying to figure it out, I was like, 
the fuck? I don't, I don't know what to do here. And then I actually had to read somebody's little spoiler thing, and I was like, I'm not going to shit my pants because I'm going <laughs> to cheat. <laughs> and, like, that was the thing that was like, okay, I think I actually like this game because of the fact that I had to cheat to figure it out. It felt like uh, when you're younger and you're playing Grand Theft Auto for the first time, you have to cheat just to beat it. It's just, it kind of reminded me of that in a little bit of a way. I feel really weird now saying that don't shit your pants is like Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, okay. Um, sorry. We're, what else inspired this game? Because, you know, we, we spoke about the Dark Souls aspect of it. Was there a certain goal uh, that the people that were always on the team from the beginning set out to achieve? Um... Really, the two biggest inspirations was Dark Souls and um, and Castlevania. And when, like, me and my brother worked on it, we don't. Well, like, I'm very anti-documents, you know. So, like, oh, let's let's write down what we want, and then we'll try and build the game from there. Like, the actual original game when we started making it is so far from this one. Uh, originally, it wasn't even procedural. Oh wow! Right, like the rooms linked together, and we just wanted to make something uh, a really hard tea game with the uh, with a Dark Soul mechanic of death. But then, you know, as we we got further and further along into development, and by development I mean, oh look, the editor's working. <laughs> we we changed our mind and went, okay, you know what? Like, why do we want to make? something that people have done like that's usually how we go oh man we want to make man this game is so good what if we made something similar to it and then you know as we go down we go oh wait why are we making something similar right let's just just do something different then and then the lineage system came in and then we're like okay we're gonna bounce off this lineage system which is then where the procedural generation came off right and and then it just keeps spiraling from there like we take that core idea and we try to make the game built around that core idea and if and, you know, you can't really, at least for me, I find it very hard for you to, to, to think up a, uh, what you want the game to be or what the mechanic is you want to play the game around with and then design it from square one, right? So, like, even the final, the absolute final system for how the game would end and how you would progress through it didn't come in until, like, three months ago. Oh, wow. Right? Like, until then, the cast was just generating and just kept generating. Right, and we, we you could actually generate a, a one thousand room castle. Yeah, took like a minute, but it didn't do anything. Right, so we just that's I don't know that's the way we go. It's definitely not. I wouldn't say smart, but it's definitely not safe. No, no, I, yeah, I'm I'm just an idiot, and I'd like that because you know I've played this game a shit ton of times. <laughs> <laughs> but I I'd, I'd be for that. Oh. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I think that'd be fucking awesome. One <laughs> castle. Like like just have a, a an endless mode or something. I just yeah, think we, that that'd be fucking brilliant. Yeah, we maybe will. I'm sure people will like uh, crack into it and find our our modifiers and they can make modify however they want, right? But um, maybe we don't have an well. There's we do have endless mode sort of. Oh, as you saw. You had equipment dropping, right? Now, we did lock off some. And when I say lock off some, I mean it was actually a bug. So half of the items that were supposed to drop isn't dropping in that public build. But that's okay, because we fixed it now. 
But uh, <laughs> uh, all of the equipment, everything is dropped dynamically, right? And when you beat this game, New Game Plus opens. And in New Game Plus, everything's harder, right? Everything's been scaled up. Uh, but the item drop system also scales up. So if you actually wanted to get everything, yeah, you would have to play it multiple times. Mm-hmm. And you would be over level 155 mm-hmm. by the end of it. See, I'm just a noob. I, I haven't even started yet. This is the problem. <laughs> if, if you're a noob, then what am I? <laughs> you're not even born yet. You're just a you're a fetus. I don't know. Oh, level it, ten fetus. It's okay. Some people like <laughs> fetuses. I guess. Well, I guess if a fetus can be a doctor, then this, this is true. Uh, okay, so uh, the genealogy thing, like that. I can't think of a time where that's actually been done. Uh, well, at least as a mechanic to a game. Like, of course, everybody's like, well, this person's father and his father. But with this, it was like a big part of the game where, um, let's say one time I go into a castle and one of my character's traits is that they're gay. Um, the next character that I can choose, I have one of three that I can choose from. The next character doesn't have to be gay. In fact, some of them don't even have any traits at all. But others can have OCD or be near or farsighted or anything like that. How did this idea come into play? Because I can't think of a time that anybody's ever done that. Um, so the way, so we actually thought of um, uh, the genealogy system pretty, pretty early on. We didn't actually implement it until the very end. But what it was before, like, before that actually happened, it used to just be stat modification, right? Because we, we, we wanted the game to be big, but not too big, because, you know, we've only got so much money in our bank accounts. Hmm. And um, the original version had, uh, like, ambidextrous or whatever, is what we would call it. And it'd give you a 10% of crit chance. And you mm. might be weak boned and only give minus fifty to like your health or whatever, like stuff like that. So that we didn't have classes. Um, your characters were just kind of generated this way and you had to accommodate for them. So it's like, oh my guy has got really low health but he has high crit chance and I'm gonna play him in this fashion. But what happened was that uh it it wasn't enough. Like these modifiers didn't change the way you were playing the game. And then, you know, you just kind of stumbled on the idea of, okay, let's just get rid of that. We like the idea of genealogy, but it needs to be genealogy times 10 million, right? It needs to be way further than what it is. So then we went down to the line of, I think the first one that we ever implemented was nearsighted, right? Like, oh, okay, so this is nearsighted. And when that got in, you're we like, well, if this becomes the standard, then we have to you know, cut everything below that. And that's why we started putting in, like, colorblind and hypergonadism and all these other things. So it's just... That's why, like I said, don't write anything down. It's just, oh, we found something, and this thing is the right way to go for the game. So we're going to just throw out everything that wasn't right and then build from there. I feel like such an idiot because I didn't realize that that read hypergonadism. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think anybody... Knew. It took us forever to find that, and... It means big balls, but yeah, I I, I get really. that now, but like I just never noticed that that's what it said. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh god! 
What is wrong with me? How did I not notice that? That would have fucking put it way over the top for me. Now, now I just don't like your game. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I honestly didn't know like I, I can't think of another game that has had a, a genealogy system to it or or one that works in this way so I honestly think that you guys were are probably the first people to do that and if this game does make it out there and does become successful I think that a lot of people are going to rip it off of you and just the fact that you can sit back and say people are ripping me off probably would feel pretty fucking good so Kudos to you. Thanks. I, I'm pretty stoked about about people being like, no, we totally came up with this. Be like, no, you motherfucker, you you ripped off Rogue Legacy, you jackass. I, I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm excited to see what the future holds for this game. Uh, hopefully, it's a very bright future because, as I said, for this game to be in my top three most anticipated games, it's fucking crazy to me that. I can be so excited about uh, such a uh, a small project, even smaller than I thought it was. So I, I think that this is something really fucking special, and I hope that it really works out for you guys. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, it's not it's not too small. I mean, it's a it's a long game. I I know I keep undercutting it, right? But oh no, I don't mean like that. I mean small on the scale of what seems like the public knows of it and how oh, much okay. of the public knows about it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely still shooting under the radar, I guess. Well, I don't know. Rock Paper Shotgun, those guys, like they're the them and indie games mm-hmm. are the only people that have picked us up and, you know, we're super grateful for it. But uh, yeah, it's really weird because, you know, we keep sending out emails like, hey, do you guys want to try our game? And, like, nobody shows interest. So I know how I forgot about your game. Holy shit. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. It just popped in my head. Um, my um, The website here is Indie Luchador, and the person that I saw playing this was Player Uno, who is a professional wrestler from Canada, and he is a masked luchador. And he was playing it, and he's, like, super fucking excited about it. He's like, I can't stop playing it. It's just a press demo, but I just can't quit playing it. And then I saw that, and I was like, I've got to fucking play this. And then it's just like, holy shit. So that's how I saw it. So a professional wrestler that's decently popular was playing your game on the internet. I know player, you know. <laughs> we sent it in the, actually, that's the are the main marketing that we've gotten, and I just want to say thanks. It's been the YouTube community, which you know before this we never even thought that you could market there. But like they've all like they've all been asking. It started with uh, uh, Northern Lion, okay, yeah, for copy, and he kind of steamrolled the whole thing because he's like, oh, I do let's plays, right? And we're like, oh, uh, okay, because we I've never really like followed that kind of YouTube thing. I've, I've watched pro players play, but I didn't know there was this whole like subculture of people who, who play all these different games and oh, people watch God, people yeah. play games. Yeah, and so then you know we're, we, we sent it to Northern Lion, and then he sent it to his friend um, uh, Rock Lee Smiles okay, and, yep. and like Mathis Gaming and then and then that sent out to other people, and so we like every, every few days, you know, more people ask for it, and then we send out those copies and like that's how we've been doing the press. It's been in almost it's been ninety nine percent the YouTube community. 
So you is, like, know player Uno. Grateful for. Oh, when I say I, I know, that was bad of me. He oh. sent me an email. We sent him a copy. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say <laughs> that motherfucker. He was he uh, he said he was gonna do an interview with us a while ago, and uh, he ended up not getting back to us. And I was like, now we're gonna talk about Rogue Legacy. That son of a bitch. <laughs> no, Player Uno is really fucking great, and I think that. Uh, I guess for the people listening, if you don't know about Player Uno or what he's doing with this this uh, YouTube channel, it's a really cool gaming YouTube channel where he... I don't think I've seen him play anything AAA. He's only playing indie games because AAA games kind of suck now. Uh, but it's called Nerd Slam, so definitely go check that out and uh, watch him playing Rogue Legacy because it is quite funny, I must say. He's like, oh, my character's gay, but I don't know what that means. <laughs> It's like, oh, player Uno, I fucking love you. But uh, nonetheless, I I think that the YouTube community can really help because Let's Plays, uh, I believe that they're one of the most popular things on YouTube right now besides uh, Korean pop stars and Rebecca Black. So I, I think that it's one of the most popular things out there right now. So I'm really hoping that the YouTube community will keep on passing this around and maybe some people will get the balls to ask you guys for a copy because it is magnificent. So uh, definitely everybody needs to go check out this game. Um, I guess we'll probably end right here, but I really, really, and I don't mean just for joining us. I mean, for, joining us and for rogue legacy or at least just the demo of it i, I want to say thank you uh, oh thank you thank you this, is, this has been fun well been cool. i i think that we will hear from you again very soon because uh you know about the green light thing currently and i'm setting up a super indie panel uh that's coming up this upcoming week with Niflis, the creator of the knit games and uh nikolai from concerned joe who's going to have to go through the green light process soon enough and we want to speak about green light so we've got another wow. spot open on that panel i think that uh is it knit yeah it it's Mike. it's actually like knit Oh, okay. It's, oh, man, I've been pronouncing it wrong for the past two years. Everybody has. I didn't know until <laughs> doing the interview with him. It's a complete Swedish word. Oh. So, uh, yeah, I think that if you would be up for that, you could definitely join that panel. I think it'd be really cool just to have Niflis see your game because I think he would really dig it. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, for sure, yeah, it sounds cool. All right, so uh, I guess for now, that is the end of our interview with Teddy Lee. Uh, expect to hear him back here again soon, most likely. And uh, first things first, uh, I want to once again thank you for coming, and I want to say thank you to Trevor for joining me on this uh, not only interview, but the adventure of playing through Rogue Legacy at the same time and freaking out over it like teenage girls. So, <laughs> so uh, to both of you guys, I, I really want to thank you because Rogue Legacy has been one of those smile-inducing games. So, um, well, I, I guess to end this off, to you, Mr. Trevor Oz, and you, Mr. Teddy Lee, I say, ole. Ole. Ole.